<laughs> that's dope. That's, that's right. You're tuned in to the Choke Artist Podcast, episode 46. The crowd is loving it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first episode where I'm using my soundboard, and I think oh, that, that awesome. might be all I do. That's pretty dope. That's yeah. <laughs> Marcos and Conwin are here from Standards. What's up? Hey, what's up? Hi. How you doing? Thank you for coming. Of course. Thanks for having us here in New Brunswick. Yeah. yeah. New Brunswick, New I've AC. never been here before. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. Have it's you ever been to the East Coast? Yeah. 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 I've toured out here before. You played in Crying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. There is a very cool college scene out here. A lot of, like, basement shows and stuff. I figure. I We played a couple college gigs on the way here, and it was crazy because it was, like, um you know just tons of college kids packed into a very inconvenient space but honestly that's the energy that i resonate with the most more so than anything so i really that's what i like yeah <laughs> having fun i mean last night was a basement show yeah. last night was a basement show it was yeah, packed it was crazy yeah yeah you get like some kind of like unkempt rowdiness that sometimes you don't get when it's like a formal venue yeah totally mm-hmm. i think it's also you get to be really close to people um for better or for worse but it's usually for better you know it's just it's just cool to see bands that you may be getting into or whatever up close because you know you never know when they might get bigger and you won't get that chance again totally you know and then after the set you can talk to them in the living room right upstairs <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that was fun last night it was yeah so how's the how's the whole tour been because I didn't really get to ask. It's a long... It's, you've been it's for, a long one. Oh. I, I just really wanted to come out to the East Coast because I know that that's just the other side of it uh, in the United States. And um, people have been begging, come to here, come to here. And it's like, man, I wish I could. So I took off two weeks of school and currently I'm using my spring break on this. So it's three full weeks, two of which I'm using um, off and one of which is a spring break. But it's been amazing like absolutely amazing good yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad you both like just went for it and just you know you gotta just do it kind of mm-hmm. exactly i feel like the i don't know recently i feel like with my life it's been like i re- i realize the only limitations that i have are the ones i set for myself it's like I, if i wanted to do this i can do it and if i wanted to do something else then i could do that you know totally yeah yeah and um i give you a lot of credit for you know it if you haven't heard standards, it's a two-piece math rock band. Kaiman, are you like officially drummer, or, like filling in for the? T- I, this is a question for both of you, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm gonna stick around for a while. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Yeah. Yeah. As we're working, we're working through it. I, I definitely am also in a place where we're trying to figure that out because, um, you know, things have been moving around recently, and I want to get to a place where they're stable again. But also, you know, we're both getting pretty used to this. Yeah, and I think it's going pretty well so far, but we want to make sure that it's good for the both of us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-one days is pretty pretty grueling. Uh, it's like <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, I did eighteen over the summer, and you helped us get that show, and we played with your other band too mm-hmm. at that bowling alley with Floral. Yeah. And eight, it, we did eighteen days, but it was like full U.S. in air quotes because we wanted to get to the West Coast, but we just like hauled ass. Like we had like two like fourteen hour drives back to back. Oh yeah. Like Texas to Oklahoma, and then. Oklahoma to Denver and Denver to Phoenix like it oh, was yeah. just like a lot of like wild stuff that's how it like, happens you know it's um and I mean bands that are more you know have more of a budget and are bigger up they they can get tour buses so they can just not stop sure they can just drive through the night and stuff and um you know I I, I love being in the car now actually I have more fun in the car sometimes I think I'm getting better at it as they say yeah 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 <laughs> 
it's cool when you have good company too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I, yeah, I'm usually on my phone, or I, I've been recently using my guitar. Like, I'll take out my guitar and just like practice things in the car. It's fun. Cool. Yeah. And sometimes you get like real stupid conversations after like ten hours of driving, like oh, at yeah. two in the morning, and that's like part oh, of fun oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is or, this? Sorry, go on. No, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this is the longest tour you've done. Yes. Cool. This, this is the longest one. Yeah. Um, and I think it will be for quite a bit. Yeah. Well, you have to go back to school. I have to go back to school. That's right. It's, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. There's always like a post tour of blues kind of. Not for me. I've never really experienced that. I probably will now because this has been probably my favorite tour. Yeah. But I'm constantly working on stuff and I know I'll be, we'll, we'll be back at it pretty soon. Yeah. Um, we're working on something for June. Uh, we'll be going overseas this summer. And uh, we've got some other stuff working uh, for September, so yeah, I'm I'm not sad. I will be back at it pretty quickly. Good, yeah, yeah. We'll see you overseas. We're playing Arctic. Oh yeah, together. Arc Dungeon. So that'll be fun. Yeah. My girlfriend last night called it dark, dark tent. She had no idea what it was called. I forgot. Oh man, it was really funny though. She boosted the name really badly. That's funny. <laughs> but um, I give your band a lot of credit because you're very good at being active even when you're not on tour like you were saying like you and i think it's because you're you're both like you both met in college like music mm-hmm. college yeah. yeah you both have like a work ethic for music which is mm-hmm. cool you don't always see that sometimes and like you're good at like i feel like utilizing all your time and like like all right i'm not on tour but let me do a video of something cool it's just how you set up your life i think for me when i transition my thinking over into music's my job now you think about someone who goes to the office, so they go, you know, to the coffee shop or whatever, and it's like they're they're clocked in from nine to five. Sure, I treat it the same way, um, if not more, because I feel like if you're if you're gonna work a job, you have to, it has to be set up that way. There's no job where you're not really gonna be set up where you're working from like nine to five, five days a week, yeah, six days a week, seven days a week, whatever. Um, so some people they have real jobs and then other people have you know jobs like mine where it's like the money isn't up front but you uh, work for a bigger payout you know or you're just trying to figure out a way to translate your craft into something yeah, yeah. and i think if you really want to do this that's what you have you have to prove that you do like you yeah. can be good at guitar and just play in a room and play a show and, and that's like, the thing too like there's a there's a lot of people it, it i realize now it's way easier to be a musician now than it has been for a very long time you see yeah. the internet you can go to a guitar center um, that has like subsidized pricing and you can get starter pack kits and everything and you can start to anyone can do it anyone can make an instagram account and promote a video that they put up anyone can do it the hardest part is making yourself stand out from that is what i'm realizing and so the only way to do that is to really find your voice with everything and cultivate that and then translate that into something that an audience can trend you know consume. yeah 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 i agree yeah i think like definitely making music that speaks to you and not like trying to rip the newest cool thing and like well it's know. always it's always cool to be inspired and i mean like i would be lying if i said that i was in a band one time that sounded like some other band you know sure you start with mm-hmm. something that you know is some it was like oh i want to be that band you know i wanted to be like avenge sevenfold oh, and yes, then <laughs> backcountry back baby when i was 11 yeah i was like i want to be <laughs> avenge sevenfold 
but you take that and you're like okay i like what event Unfold's doing here and i like what this person's doing here and this person's doing here i think that's how people um that study jazz a lot they work is they listen to a lot of people and they're like oh i'm a, I'm a hint of gillespie or i'm doing some date like Miles yeah. Dave. And, and oh definitely borrow yeah. always borrow influences and take anything here or there as right. long as it's not a blatant 100 oh, oh well yeah but i mean but you have to start blatantly ripping off before you get better at like true. taking someone else's idea and putting it through your like you know putting it through your, the, your machine or whatever putting your voice on it yeah totally so how did you two just had school together and like became friends pretty much yeah uh we were actually facebook friends first not sure how that happened oh probably like california music scene yeah, yeah. just just uh i mean i run like a online community and i think he was part of that odd times and atmospheres like we met at cal arts and kyman was like wait you go here and i was like because yeah. i put like a few yeah, i didn't know that he went there i just like we were facebook friends yeah so. cool what's the online community it's called odd times and atmospheres right on the yeah. facebook group or yeah it's a facebook group and like we have a website and do some other stuff oh, working cool. on like live sessions and stuff that's awesome yeah yeah and like so you both kind of been going to shows in los angeles area yeah, I mean, Cameron would always have shows at her house sometimes, and yeah. uh, we always meet at, like, Old Town Pub or, um, like, a bunch of DIY spaces. Mm-hmm. That's, like, a place. I mean, we, we met in person at school, so, yeah. Yeah. But we would always see each other at shows and stuff. Yeah. And uh, even when I was starting to get into this kind of music, people were like, you should play with Kaiwin. And I felt very um, scared at the time to play with anyone because I was uh, coming out of, like, being not very social, and I was too afraid to approach you. Oh. <laughs> oh. yeah i didn't want to send you like a message because i felt like it would have been like a little weird without like a personal meeting or huh. something yeah as as i felt with a lot of other people to be on yeah 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 it can be it can be feel weird at times with stuff like mm-hmm. that well yeah it's when you're coming into a community too it's hard to um try to ingratiate yourself without not um not coming off as like uh you're trying to get something out of it or uh weird or something yeah i had someone text me recently and it was like someone that i don't i speak to regularly in person and hey what's up man how you been like two or three texts back and forth i'm like all right what's the what's what's coming at me and something came at me but it wasn't too bad yeah i like like (laughs) i I don't i don't mind that if it's a person i like yeah yeah help Yeah. yeah it's just i i can't stand the um i i sound mean but like people will send me like just without even like a caption just like a video of them playing guitar and i'm just like nice like i watch a bit of it and it's like okay cool uh i don't know it's weird like people you don't know oh yeah i don't, I don't know yeah. them yeah yeah it's weird well what do they what do they expect to come from it i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't know i just say cool i i try to give it as much of a watch as possible i might be doing something i might be in the middle of a conversation like yeah um it's hard i think um i think it's tricky too because there are some people that uh you know know like oh maybe i shouldn't you know approach someone about something this way but also there are people i think that don't have like another way out it's not like they're from los angeles and they can drive down they might be from like the middle of the midwest yeah and they're like i'm gonna send this video to this guy and hope that you know he can help me out or something and they well they probably look up to you too i've had some people that yeah it's it's that's the most humbling part because i've never had anyone look up to me before for anything so that's nice (laughs) yeah yeah the, the, the thing with, like, I guess, Facebook or social media is that, like, you want to make connections with people, but then sometimes, like you said, you can just get unsolicited. But, yeah, you know. yeah, mm-hmm. unsolicited or, you know, frankly, inappropriate stuff or even just stuff that feels like, oh, you're just doing this because, you know, you think you'll get something out of it. You don't really care about my music or you're just in it for the likes or, you know, 
It's and that and that's the worst one for me because it hasn't happened too often, but it does happen, and it's it's frustrating because that has nothing to do with music, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm off. I'm off Facebook now, and I think uh, I think for my like life, it's healthier, but I do feel a little disconnected from like the music scene a little it's, bit. It's tough too because like something will happen, and then you know. There's even been stuff on this tour that's happened and Kaimo and I are like updating each other because we're like taking turns kind of like being filled in on stuff and it'll be some comment that turns into some thread and then people are talking about it. There's a lot of drama on Facebook, yeah. There's drama too, (laughs) yeah. I mean, that happens partially like where it's um, positive, where it's Mm -hmm. like some announcement or something, but also a lot of drama and that's uh, unproductive and unhealthy. It gets toxic sometimes. It's in like comment sections and like... I don't know. I what started like getting me was like just I had so many like family members on there that were just posting like political things mm. that were one hundred percent uninformed. That just gets, no idea. Well, that just saying. gets hard. And um, I I definitely use the unfollow button if I need to. Yeah. Because for my sanity and um, you know, both of us are now in like a lot of videos that are going around. So it's like, I mean, Kaiwen was like, "Hey, look, check this out. I have one hundred and fifty friend requests." And I was just going through them and being like, okay, I'll help if I can, see if I know these people. But it was just people, like 150 people. They're all dudes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I I mean, like I accept, I try to be nice and accept friend requests and stuff. But then it's like, now I'm, when I say something on Facebook, I am broadcasting it to 4,000 people. Yeah. That's a terrifying thought. And they want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. But then if you say something that, you know, is is, can be interpreted one way, or if you try to back something that maybe they don't appreciate, it, it gets ugly. It get, it get and it's easy on the internet to to be a certain way that you might not in real life. Sure. Yeah. You like know. paint the illusion of of who you are. That yeah. or just you can be more malicious in online. I feel like because you can just hide behind your keyboard. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. like real life connection. Like you wouldn't say mm-hmm. something that mean to someone in person. It's just so easy to misinterpret. Like seventy percent of communication is body language or whatever the whatever they say. Yeah. You Even know? the tone of voice. Like yeah. I'm, I'm extremely sarcastic sometimes, as you know. <laughs> Have so much fun being really sarcastic and uh people people just don't know (laughs) it's really it's really funny seeing people misinterpret marcos's sarcastic posts um (laughs) because you know him in person and it's uh, it's like really obvious yeah but like yeah some people will some i forgot like I think I put something up. Something. Be, being in a band in 2019 is <laughs> not okay. <laughs> I posted. <laughs> I posted a status. Like I, you know, you see things like we we should be leaving this in 2018. Like all these sure whatever yeah. statuses. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if someone said like, oh, we should just like no more bands in 2019. I was like, okay, <laughs> being in a band in 2019 is not okay. And then all these people are like, what did you mean by that? Like all, <laughs> and I'm like, it's a joke. It's a joke. And How can that not be no, a no. Joke? And we even um we even did a a new um it's like a new uh web show thing uh it's called like garbage bands i okay. think the new episode's gonna it's like we're on the first episode and it's like uh uh we go through la and kind of just talk about music while picking up trash it's very fun yeah that sounds uh, fun. but one of the questions they asked us was about that status and i was just like you you know that was that was a joke right and we, they were prepared to have a whole conversation about it about why bands shouldn't exist anymore i don't i don't think they actually ended up asking us about it but it but was on the list of yeah questions. it was on the like list of questions they sent us and it's like, like what did ready. you mean by that like like uh, thinking it was some all emotional from joke. status all from, all from yeah, a joke I that know. i took f- i took five seconds thinking about it and i posted <laughs> it joke. i posted it I, I went i like ate lunch and then i came back and i was like oh great <laughs> <laughs> what happened <laughs> yeah yeah i mean but kind of going back to what you're saying before there is it is very easy to play music and be in a band and it is sort of like 
oversaturated in some ways. But I have the conflict where like I'm a teacher, I want everyone to play music. But sometimes I don't want them to tell me it, tell me about it. Like I was I was at work once. I used to like deliver bread and I was talking to this pizza guy, he was like eighteen. He was like, Yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, I'm in a new band. I was like, Oh, do you have any music? And he's like no, but <laughs> well, that's a, and that's the thing, and um, you know, that's that's the there is a drawback to what they would call a barrier of entry. I don't remember who said this. I think who's the guy who does uh, comedians and cars getting coffee? Jerry Seinfeld. I think he was the one who said that he misses the days when television reigned supreme over internet or uh, over entertainment in general. And people were like, "What do you mean by that? That's terrible." Because back in the day, you had to go through the ringer to get any sort of work because like record companies controlled everything. Yep. TV execs controlled everything. If they didn't want something on, it wasn't on and there's nothing you could do about it. And even when there was DIY coming out of like the post-punk scene in the seventies, you, it was still so small that they had to rely on bigger distributors. Yep. Now that's not a problem. And you'd say that's a really good thing because now we can share ideas without any sort of filter, but that is also the problem because anybody can share anything without any sort of filter. And so that opens up a host of really amazing things where you have people that, you know, have a very cheap laptop, very cheap microphone and a really good idea. And they can be from anywhere in the world and they can share something. That's amazing. It is. But what's not amazing is someone making a band um, for all the wrong reasons and also being able to use a platform maliciously, you know, and um, it's not, it's not, bad overall for me i in my opinion but i think that you know checks and balances however they may come aren't a bad thing either sure it can be a lot when you have like a million people clamoring for attention that they might not deserve sometimes i don't yeah. deserve it. and it, it transforms people it really does like they get they get a taste of like people giving them validation on the internet and then they do insane things you know to, yeah. to keep it going and um, I've seen it happen with my friends and people that I've met at shows and it's like, oh, you weren't talking to me because, you know, you care or you just wanted to link and network or whatever. You know, I'm air quoting right yeah. now, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bummer. It's really changed the way that we interact with people and it's the way it's changed the way that music scenes operate sometimes. Totally. Yeah. I used to joke around and say like that band should have to audition to be on facebook like, <laughs> someone there's like a facebook panel and like you have to send them your demo tape and yeah then but then who, auditioning for who exactly if, like if yeah. you know if because yeah. it's subjective at it's the end super of the day, subjective like, and um the thing is you have to people have to vote with their attention you know and that's yeah that's that's kind of the only check and balance i see that works because it's like if someone does something messed up with their platform they do something inappropriate people say okay i'm not going to support that person anymore yeah sometimes that kind of behavior brings them more attention though depending it's on true. what it is yeah, and that's another, yeah but that's the only way to that's the only way to really to really keep everything working yeah mm-hmm. well the thing i like about diy like is that it's just you're making connections with people and if people like it organically it's going to spread like yeah i love that too there's not a label pumping money into it but sometimes right. there's bands on labels that you're like i know bands that are better than this that don't get as much attention you'd be surprised how much of i mean you definitely know but i i guess i'll be i'll say i'll rephrase i'm surprised how much music industry decisions are made by sheer connections um it is not a meritocracy it's not even let's pick the best bands it's let's pick the bands that we know and are close to us and whatnot yeah and um which in some ways you know if you know someone is reliable and reputable and you know they're going to work hard then that's one thing mm. but 
as far as like meritocracy like if the music isn't there or like you know if they're not a good person then what's the point i mean also labels might have different aims like maybe they see a band working hard and like okay they're not the best band but they're like okay that band's gonna work hard we'll sign them to you know kind of shifty two album deal and we'll take a bunch of their money and we'll kind of basically like pump and dump them and then after two albums we'll get rid of them and we'll have made our money yeah and i see that sometimes because i see those bands like they're on tours six months out of a year yeah and it's like where do you think all that money's going you know <laughs> yeah and usually it's like a package tour too like, oh totally oh like yeah five totally. touring bands but that's but it's an, it's an industry you know and yeah that's also what i really like about diy is there's like no industry to it it's very much um this tour has been mostly diy as well and we've had many nights where all the bands will donate all of their door money to us yeah and it's like awesome. this is the most absolute no there's no business in it they just believe in people and they believe in the DIY scene and they want to make sure that people come back to locations. Yeah. You know, they want to help. They totally. do. Yeah. And that's, so that's something you don't get as well, but it gets lost yeah. sometimes when it's, when you're going through more people and there's a booking agent taking a cut in the event and it just gets like kind of messy. So everyone's got to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there is value to it. That's I, I think I've never been in a band that had like anything really serious like that. And so like, I, sometimes I feel like I'm just speaking because I'm like, I never had to deal with that. So I think my way is better because I'm stubborn. And like, it's yeah. hard. I mean, it's also, you know, and uh, I won't name names, but we've been talking to labels and they're kind of coming at us like, okay, where's your distribution? Your, none of your records are in stores. You know, you're not getting the connections to these big tours that you need. And it's like, you know, there is that element to it and they write, you know, but it's also at the same time, I want to be able to make a living doing this. I want to be able to have decisions that I feel like are important and right. Like if I don't want to play with a band because um, they're offensive or I don't like their message. Sure. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. And maybe for them, the, the financial decision is apparent. There's also bigger bands that are like that have integrity and will put you on their tour. Still, if mm -hmm. you get someone's attention, a bigger band will still be like, this band's doing their own thing and they're cool. Let's help them out. Like, it's, yeah. but definitely having some, a label with ins and like booking agents and stuff. Definitely will get you on those tours faster. Totally. But know? I mean, for me right now, I think especially having done this tour, you know, with Kaiman, it's very obvious, like, we just need to do our own thing. For yeah. Now and just play it cool. And I'm very stoked about what's going on with this project, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What Yvette uh, from Covet said the Pete at one point, and I think like the Vasudeva guys, too, they were like, honestly, do it DIY for as long as you can. And then when it feels like you can't, like because you're so busy or like there's so much going on then that's the point where you might need someone else to help you know mm -hmm. so i'm happy to be helping thanks to you the yeah. record you yeah know? we're doing a uh, vinyl with you it's gonna be really great yeah totally yeah. probably like two three months so yeah. well, let's not put a date on it because yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? you never know with record pl pressing plants too because they could be like oh our our pump broke you're gonna have to wait another six weeks and it's like oh, all right though sure. the, the one i go through is like super reliable though so awesome. it should be cool awesome yeah, i'm excited yeah yeah, um, I love DIY because I like the connections I make with people too. Like, there's been times like after a show at a venue, I'm just like hanging out talking to people, and I'm like, man, like I'm so happy I'm here and like. Yeah, Kyron, didn't you meet a bunch of people last night from? Oh yeah. The online DIY scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, some internet friends I've known for years. Um, people from odd times and atmospheres, people from various bands that I've been into, like. Uh, sometimes I don't even know where these people live until I go to that place and I'm like, oh, I guess you're in Philly, you know? Yeah. It's cool. 
I love the DIY scene. Yeah. Did you did you both grow up in California? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 I, I was born in the north though, and then I moved down south. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. Were you born in Upland? Yeah, I was born. Well, yeah, Inland Empire. In the Empire lived yeah. there my whole life. Cool. Um, when when you started. Uh, playing with crying or like started that band was that based out of california or brooklyn no that was that was all in brooklyn and they just hit me up over instagram <laughs> to play drums yeah cool yeah, yeah. just uh just luck that they found me i guess because i didn't know them in person until then so yeah yeah that's it was awesome. really cool yeah do y'all still play um uh, Someone, a band that was on a podcast two weeks ago brought crying up and said they went through a crying show once and like um they were we were talking about how like it is it's cool when bands are genuine and if they mess up like they don't take themselves like too mm-hmm, seriously and, mm-hmm. and they said like yeah like they made a mistake and then they just started the song over and we're all just laughing it was awesome because <laughs> they were talking about like another band that had a meltdown and like kicked someone off the stage oh so, man yeah, yeah. Was, no it was it was really fun playing with them and i i can't say anything about it other than it's kind of been on hiatus yeah that's fair yeah Yeah, cool how do you feel because you kind of you're saying a little bit before that you get 150 friend requests from dudes but do you feel like math rock is very like guy centric you know i i don't want to overstate i I never want to overstate the amount of dudes in math rock because although it is it is uh male dominated i think that sometimes people will overstate it and not give credit to the women that are in the scene you know they'll just be like oh yeah it's 99 percent dudes and it's like actually you know women exist and you just need to look for them um i mean yeah maybe it's still nine to one but i think that like um the more that you recognize women's presence in the scene the more that you give validation to those that are there and encourage more to join you know totally so because it's it's music and it should be inclusive, right? Of course, like, of course. It's it's not like the the type of music is pushing. It's not like every song is like a woman hating like math rock. Song, of course. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think it's a like it has the potential to be at least a very inclusive genre, and like, you know, you could go into into the reasons why like traditionally women aren't as drawn to like technical music or whatever, but I think that's a very long conversation that yeah. <laughs> doesn't need to be had right now but but it's uh there's there's so much more that that could bring women into the scene because like i've always loved math rock as soon as i heard it i just needed to hear it you know yeah cool yeah you don't you don't have to be it's not a matter of your gender or like whoever you are it's as long as you like the music and you're kind of nerdy for it and that's yeah. it like, yep. you know. yeah yeah totally so, new EP, Friends, came out. Yeah. It's good. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, I, I like the EP, but when I saw your band live, I was like, oh, okay, this is really awesome. Because to see all the, like, the guitar work. And yeah, people, sound, can't, people can't see what I'm doing, but um, it's it, it might look more complicated than it sounds sometimes. Yeah. Well, but that's kind of neat because the music's pretty accessible. I don't, I don't care about what I'm doing. Like guitar wise, it's not like I set out to do this Technical technique things, or yeah. yeah. I want I have the song already done. It's more so how I'm going to play it on guitar. The song is uh, its own thing. It's not a guitar thing. Yet. Do you write it in Guitar Pro? Yes. Nice. So I write it outside of the guitar usually, and then I'll figure that out, or I'll sit with my guitar and try to like 
sketch out a riff and then try to make that happen cool. that way. Yeah. What what guitar pro are you using? Uh, I now have seven, but I still use six because I'm used to it. Sure. But I actually got to work for them at NAM, and they gave me a bunch of free stuff and a free license to seven. So that's so that cool. was nice of them. Yeah, I use seven. I, I'll write stuff for my kids at school, and like I play in a the ska core band, and I'll write the music for that. But that's like fun. for for seven, what I really like is like it transposes. Yeah. So like all my band transpositions are done. I don't yeah. have to like change tunings it's, and stuff. It's just so. a better thing. But I'm so used to six. Um, there's a few things I wish it had, but um. It's mostly perfect, and I use it to tab out all the songs too. So people want to learn them, they can. Yeah, like tab books and yeah. like playthroughs. And I stuff. just I just sell them like for a pretty low amount, and they're all in PDFs and Guitar Pro. And then if you want them, you can have them, and uh, you can do whatever you want with them. Yeah. How did they find you for Nam? Um, for Nam, uh, I worked for a company the previous year called Music Marketing, and basically they buy up space at Nam and then sell that space to people and then also assign someone to work at that space so i it wasn't necessarily guitar pro but um it was them who linked me up with guitar pro and i obviously really like guitar pro it's like i've been using it for years like same since I, yeah yeah it's just a great it's it's uh it was funny to meet them too because uh i don't know they were just uh not not exactly what i expected in a good way but <laughs> are they french <laughs> they're french yeah, yeah. they're very french <laughs> <laughs> But it was just funny because I, I didn't know who created it or whatever. But there's just these like French people, and they're just like Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It was fun. Yeah, and it's not a lot of people either, right? It was like five of them. Yeah. 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 Cool. It was it was cool. Did you both go to Nam? Yeah. I've never been. Oh, I was... think I would like it a lot. It was awesome for me, but you can go ahead. Oh, I, I... I'm a, I have a whole story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I always enjoy Nam. It's just a lot. Like I don't think I could handle more than a day or two there now. Just like overload of overload of sound and people and lights and everything. It's uh, but always learn a lot and meet people and it's it's a great place to be. Yeah, cool. What's, yeah. What's your story? Oh, nothing. I just I I got endorsed, which is really great. I um my friend Rafa uh, from a band called Kagu. They're a collaborative project from Mexico. I've heard them. Yeah, they're actually. very cool. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be playing with them in Mexico. There. So um, it was him who got us on the festival uh forever alone fest in mexico cool um he said you should come by and check out um my friend's company he they built my guitar and a bunch of other guitars um they're called white whale guitars i was like oh cool i've never heard of it i'll go check it out so i you know i went to tosin's booth for a bossy guitars i went to strandberg i went to all the big you know companies in the scene and otherwise i didn't really hit fender and gibson but um i went to the white whale booth and i started playing the guitars and i was like wow these are really well built, you know, you play a guitar and it's it's like that it's just that feeling of just holding it. You're just like, "Oh, that's that's a nice guitar," you know. And you know, I spent the day playing with them and I went and hung out with Rafa and he's like, "So what did you think of the guitars?" I was like, "Oh, it's really cool stuff." He's like, "Yeah, man. You know, I think you could I could hook you up with a model or something. Uh we can get some percentages off." And that's usually how guitar companies work. And most endorsements work. They they usually just start with a percentage off. And, sure. Yeah. And all that and you know, I kept going back because I really liked the way all the models felt. You know, he had, a, like, a baritone there, and he had, like, shorter scale guitars. And uh, I just really, I thought they were just really cool. Um, and, you know, we, he, the founder, Alejandro, uh, invited me to lunch, and we went and ate some lunch. And he was pretty, pretty straight up. He's just like, you know, I saw you playing on the booth. Um, I think what you're doing is really cool. I checked out your band. 
how would you like a free guitar? And I was like, that would be incredible. Yeah. And so over the course of like two months, we designed and created a new guitar. Hammerhead uh, shark guitar? Huh? The hammerhead shark guitar? Uh, it has a hammerhead shark on it, but yeah, it's just no, it's yeah, just yeah. a traditional, more traditional looking thing, and uh, it's is incredible. But it's a connection I probably wouldn't have made otherwise because they're from Mexico, they're from Monterey, and I'm um, you know here in the United States. So I'm glad that we can meet at Nam and link up and start working on some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So your your when's your tour end? Uh, probably next week. Yeah. On the tenth, we're back home. Are you are you playing shows all the way back home too? I wish. No. <laughs> I mean that's that's the problem. Like I really can't miss oh, more than two weeks back. of school. Yeah. Um, if I do, I'll probably fail because uh, first of all, like lack of uh, attendance, and second sure. of all, I'm so beh- far behind on assignments. I have just enough time to catch up. Did you tell your professors that you were leaving? I told most of them. I I didn't tell some of them because I knew they wouldn't care. Uh, we have this really cool uh, percussion teacher and he's like yeah you just you you go play music and i was like all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah the cool thing about music college is they usually get it because they toured and like they've played professionally so yeah and i mean i I think i told you this last night at the show but um i just every time we tour there's just a big push for the audience this grows a lot yeah and it's made me realize i really want to tour more you know i want to tour a lot more so hopefully i can fit that in yeah i mean summer's coming up right yeah, well, we have all yeah, but that not not a whole b- bunch of domestic plans, more so like going overseas, overseas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The tricky thing with the West Coast too is you're far away from other cities, kind of. Kind of, yeah. I think from there's more, uh, there are are more bigger cities uh, in the east half of the United States versus the west half. Yeah, you know. Um, but um, we'll be going up the Pacific Northwest this June. Uh, awesome. I'll be announcing that soon. Yeah, a little sneak peek. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what are you both in college for? Where are you done with college? I just graduated Congrats. in December. Thank you. Cool. cool. Um, I got my degree in jazz drum performance. Right on. I, I'm studying guitar performance. Cool. Just regular guitar performance. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. And you're like you're doing it outside of school too. Yeah, I think the coolest part about the degree was getting one on one time with really really great players, and I know Kyman can tell talk about. You know, having drum lessons with Joe LaBarbera, who was oh, yeah. the drummer yeah, from was, Bill Evans. Was amazing. Uh, oh, right really on. famous mm-hmm. pianist. Cool. Um, and I also had a class with Joe, and it was just funny because Joe was like, he's like, he was like in the jazz scene, like in it. Like he was like the guy, you know. And there are like jazz students arguing with him about jazz history, and he's like, I was there. Like I would know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he's cool. He actually, um, he heard our standard set. Uh, that we played for Kaiman's graduation recital. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that was bopping. You know? Nice. <laughs> yeah. I like to hear like a whole standard set, but swung. <laughs> so, like, swung that would just be bluegrass. That was, it would just be bluegrass music. <laughs> oh, that rules. Yeah. Oh, man. Does does bluegrass swing? <laughs> I can. I don't think I listen to enough bluegrass. It's got blue in it, right? And the blues like... But it's more like twangy, kind of. Yeah. Bluegrass is like it's like crazy jazz, no? No, it's, it's more like, like it's like math rock country. Math rock country. <laughs> <laughs> you should tell that to my uncle. Yeah, my I will. uncle plays banjo and bluegrass band. I will. Right on. Yeah. How do you explain your music to adults? I I don't to even adu- adults. <laughs> well, because like you know I I had not adults. <laughs> I had uh, I had dinner with my grandpa and my 
my grandma well i mean like my step grandma basically yeah and um they were kind of like oh yeah marcos so what's going on with your music thing like how's that going i'm like oh it's you know it's going good doing some cool gigs and like yeah so what what kind of music do you play and it was like um it's like instrumental it's like rock music without the vocals like the guitar just does more of the singing kind of and i just left it at that because trying to explain uh time signatures to old people sounds like doesn't sound like a good time yeah no yeah and i mean like my grandpa was a was a drummer um, oh, cool! And he he got a lot of gigs, but not because he was good. Because he, when he was playing drums, when he was like twelve or thirteen, it was World War Two, so they had drafted all the, the the band people. So he was only getting gigs because he was twelve and not and not, not in, in the war. war. Wow. Yeah. So he so he was like a gigging drummer for a bit, and he played in a Dixieland band when my mom was growing up in the house, and that's kind of why he's deaf because they would play in a garage and play really loud. Yeah and yeah so he but even then i was trying to explain to him like time signatures and he was just like i don't know i just i hit the snare drum and <laughs> yeah it's all about feel <laughs> yeah yeah i tried to say like all right it's kind of like you know rush it's kind of like rush but uh like more modern it seems like, like too many steps already it's, yeah it's, it's too many than they, and it's not yeah, accurate it i just doesn't. yeah it's too hard yeah yeah, just instrumental. A lot of adults already know what progressive rock is, so I'll just say, yeah, it's like modern progressive rock, you know. That's fair. It's, I that mean, is, kind that, of accurate. That's pretty fair. I think also, like, I try not to use math rock because some people get really turned off immediately. Just like math rock, that sounds bad. And that's like, people can be so quick to judge, you know. Sure. Maybe you'll actually think it's cool, you know. Yeah. I, I gave a, we did, in a music analysis course in college, I analyzed the end of Tried and Tell by Tara Mellos, and I started off by like, you are there a math rock band from California? And right away, a professor stopped me, like, what's math rock? Like, you have to explain it. Yeah, yeah, and um, even talking about it around CalArts, people will make fun of you sometimes, just like, oh, math rock, like, you know, you, you know. What's the scene like over there, though? It's interesting. Um, a, lot of, a lot of jazz? Or? Yeah, it's a lot of jazz. I, I think... Um, we both have different perspectives because I think Hyman's definitely played with more people at CalArts. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard for me to say. Like, are you are you asking specifically at CalArts or in like LA area? No, like CalArts, because LA I guess would be. Oh yeah, CalArts. There's a lot of. I mean, I guess it goes through phases with the different student bodies, but like it's pretty experimental. A lot of people like. It's it can be <laughs> it can be a little self indulgent sometimes, if I'm being frank. But I think that's like kind of the student how so just people experimenting just like trying to experiment and trying to take ideas that they've been given and run with it and sometimes it can be a little you know it's just it's the way student art school stuff works you know yeah it's everything you've heard and more you know but um that's not to say that there's some really great people there and there's some really great ensembles but at times i do find it just like uh i don't know it's just not i'm not up for it sometimes you know yeah, I get that. But in overall, like I'm always really impressed at the the talent at that school. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That the I went to a college over here, uh, William Patterson. They actually have a good jazz program. Oh, cool. But I did classical music because I was like, oh, if I'm gonna teach, I should know classical music. Mm-hmm. I guess even though whenever I had like a music history course, I didn't pay attention at all. I'm like, oh yeah. But um, like they pushed a lot of like atonal music and new music, so I I would just like cram on these like vibraphone songs that. Like you work on them for twenty hours, and then they didn't. It didn't sound like music at the end. It just sounded like yeah, a bad acid that's, trip. That's well. That's my that's my uh, gripe with it all is that a lot of it can be you know because there's like twelve tone and um, 
set theory and a lot of uh, newer sort of uh, relatively new ways of making music. Um, and a lot of it at the end, to me, music is like, it's the, it's the sum of all the parts. It's like the gestalt. It's like all the stuff that adds up. That's what you're hearing. It's not the, the parts, the moving parts in the music. And I think I try to resonate that as well when I'm playing guitar. It's not me doing all this crazy finger tapping. It's the sound it's making. That's sure. what music is yeah. to me. So when you're creating a piece for the point of creating it and you did this one thing that no one else did, to me it seems self-indulgent because, you know, it, it, it's about how it sounds sure. to me. Yeah. So I understand the need for it is to push boundaries and to try to create new art that hasn't yeah. been made before. I understand that. But to me it's hard for me to get into it because it's like I feel like it's, um, like I said, it's just it's about what comes out of music i had a professor like take marbles and just put them on a snare drum and then just stand there and just like shake the drum for like mm-hmm. five minutes yeah I've, I've seen something like that yeah <laughs> like out of college now i like appreciate it more because when you get out of college i mean maybe not because we're like in a, a music scene that's pretty like that pushes boundaries but like I, I mean i work a job that has music every day but it's not like that so like it was cool to see really out shit because then after college you're not going to be exposed to it as much no that's you know? fair that's fair but i i don't know i i like it's just still gripe with it so much cause oh it's I, like... I fucking i was the worst in college dude i i left every day and like everyone's in the practice room i left to go i was in north jersey i drive like an hour and a half to go practice in south jersey and play like in bands i was in yeah so yeah i mean that's also just where i I grew up with it like my mom never even really gave me guitar lessons for years because she was afraid that i would be a musician so look where i am (laughs) (laughs) but i had i was just always teaching myself and i was always playing in bands um you know i'd even take like the bus to practice because she was just like i'm not gonna take you to your punk band practice that's the termination though yeah, well, I just that was the only thing that I loved doing. That's still the only thing I like doing is playing in bands, sure. playing shows, and writing music that makes me feel good. Yeah. So it, it is like kind of the antithesis of what I see music as. And music is personal, so I'm not going to say for, for anything that that's not the right way to do it or it shouldn't be done. Yeah, because for someone it is. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, and, and that's why the school exists because it, it is, it's, you know, but that seems to be the status quo there. And really, at art schools in general, seems it's kind of the status quo. But I will say I do prefer that to a school that would teach like more commercialized music. Um, there are like um, trade schools or other art schools that focus more so on like, you know, commercialized music. How do we get on the top of the country radio? How do we, you know, like let's let's yeah. teach Ableton and that stuff's cool too. But um, you know, I, I don't think chasing trends is a really great way to t- teach either. Well, you'll always be a step behind then if you're chasing what's popular. You exactly. Know? You're not, like, making your own thing. So I think CalArts, in theory, is better. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a tough environment to be in sometimes for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, that many people that many people making music, there's going to be things you don't like, for sure. sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, something neat about standards is that, I mean, the chord progressions aren't, like, overly compl- complex, but, like everything else kind of is but it comes together nicely and it's like just fun like yeah i actually really like doing really simple you know har- yeah. i love just going to the one and the four one and four baby yeah, i love that four yeah and um recently i've been mixing it up and adding more um chromaticism i really like using chromaticism tonally cool but i don't mind just making a very simple chord progression i think if it works it works yeah you know? 
Um, and I've written more complex stuff in the past. And to me, it seems like the, it's just I could cut out a lot of steps and make it sound, get the same point across, you know? Yeah. It doesn't sound like you're trying hard, but it's still like technical and fun. So, at least to me. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> Kaiman, when did uh when did you start like playing drums? Like at the beginning? <laughs> the beginning of your life? <laughs> <laughs> Drum birth. Uh no, I I started drum set when I was like 15. Right on. Um I I played some percussion in like junior high school band. Um and they started me off on like mallets. Uh, because I had background in piano. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I just wanted to play the snare drum. And then finally I did. I, like, got the audition. One, I, I passed the audition to play, like, a sleigh ride or something. In, yes. In the, in the <laughs> Christmas <laughs> parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was my first snare drum solo. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I played a lot of rock band. And like the video game. Yeah, like with yeah. learning drum set through that kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. and I was like, well, I should probably play real drums instead. So that's I did so that. cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's crazy that you played rock band because I played Guitar Hero. Oh. And then I was like, I should get a real guitar. <laughs> and uh, it, I, you know, I, I feel weird about it, but it is like how a lot of people got into. Oh yeah. Playing music. Yeah. It's crazy, and I almost wish those games were as popular now, but um. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a trip when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, you know, I played Guitar Hero 3 and I got a real guitar. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a visual aid. It's literally like walking you through it. And instead of like, you know, a bunch of frets, it's just like big, colorful buttons to push. Right. And it's it, it teaches you to do those two things at once where you're fretting and you're doing all this stuff. Or you have to hit multiple things like on a drum yeah. set. You have to learn, you well, have to learn drums to the, play Yeah, the in. drum the drum set like especially if you got those symbol extensions like you're playing exactly beat for beat pretty much like if you're if you're playing on expert like it's exactly the same you know like i i feel like i never had a beginner phase on drum set necessarily because by the time like i picked up the real drum set i had already had the independence from just playing rock band and like you know then i just had to learn technique and stuff but there was already that like first just being able to play a rock beat that i already had down <laughs> that's the challenge is the independence of drums and the awesome thing with drums is you just hear what's happening and can kind of pick it up mm-hmm. like which i do you feel that way with guitar that you could hear it and pick things up or well i i had been playing music for a while like i started on piano when i was five and i played violin when i was eight and i wasn't great at either of them but um it's i i do have a theory that like the earlier you start any kind of music the easier it is to get back into it because you instantly learn how to your brain starts forming uh ways to count music how to analyze music uh, how to perceive time when you're playing music sure those are things that take time and it's not something that you can just pick up and be a genius at your brain needs to form those pathways yeah and you have to train your brain and develop your muscles too yeah so, so even if you're terrible at piano but your kid is like six just have them keep doing it because eventually They'll take all that. St- they don't know that they have it, you know, but you do have a better perception of how to deal with music and stuff. So when mm-hmm. I picked up guitar, I was like, oh, I know all these. I know what a quarter note is. I know all this stuff. I was figuring out stuff really quick. And like even like the first week I had it, I could already play like Crazy Train, you know, I yeah. could play that riff because I, I could figure it out, you know. Yeah. And now uh, having played guitar, I can translate that to other instruments. Like what was I, I was playing some instrument in San Antonio. Yeah, and I was, remember was, I instantly uh... just started ripping on it. 
Well, I guess that's that's kind of arrogant it? to say, yeah. but I wasn't ripping. <laughs> for, but it was just it's you get. I think that it's just like the more you have musically, you can translate that to other things. Sure. And yeah. that's multi instrumentalists. They they learn a few instruments and then they can all kind of translate to each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's a language, right? Like, and the more you can connect to it and like speak it, kind of play. Oh, totally. You know? Oh, totally. I think that's something I'm really gonna try working harder on this summer. I have a few goals, um, to kind of improve. Uh, in some areas and I really want to work on that pretty hard. What are things you want to improve on? Um, I have a, a couple guitar things that I'm on about right now. Um, I've kind of gotten to a point where I, I want to play guitar a specific way. I don't want to do it um, you know, a little bit more traditionally. Um, I have a lot of really interesting ideas. I've also been listening um, not recently but I um, you know, listening to Glenn Gold, who's a pianist, um, and his uh, interpretation of like Bach's symphonias, which are three-part piano pieces. Yeah. Uh, the the cleanness of each of each voice uh, is is very enviable, and I really want to hone in on that because I've already been doing two voices. With yeah, it's guitar. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to do three now, and I want to do each. Uh, in two string groupings so the lowest two are bass the middle two are uh, harmony yeah. and then the highest two are melody sure and i want to start uh working on that i also want to start doing um uh soloing via strings so i want to um do all of my uh all of my melodies sort of as if it was on a piano or something and i had the legato pedal hold down so um i've been practicing scales uh, a different way so instead of playing them linearly and playing multiple notes per string each note has its own string and i play it up and down that way so i'm not sure if that's making any sense i was i was wrapping my head around when you said play three parts i was thinking wait but you have five fingers how's this gonna work but no i have i have ten well you do have ten yeah yeah but still it's like the uneven but it it would just trade off. It's going to be a lot of finger, and I mean, it is finger independence, like the whole thing. Well, well, but then you can split your hand into two. So, yeah. So then you have this, right? Yeah. And then you have this. Lots of visuals. And then going yeah, on. and then you can pluck with this, and then For you can fret. Yeah. And you can also, if I had to, I could wrap my hand around. So, um, I'm going to experiment with that basically. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and also just a, uh, uh, a lot of voice texture because um i've been experimenting that on the new record where it's you're playing something in one area of the guitar uh how does that sound versus playing in another area it's the same notes sure but it sounds completely different Different timbre different timbre exactly and um i think that's something else i really want to work on um as well as uh getting a lot more uh classical guitar um uh repertoire down i've already been working on you know my raschiato and a lot of like flamenco guitar technique yeah i'm kind of incorporating it a little bit but i need to get i I have way leaps and bounds to go you you know the song sans intention particular or whatever it was it was a guitar pro demo on the old guitar pros but it's a classical picking guitar it's like super pretty yeah i i want to i want to maybe get one and mess around with it next year or something i think this year i have a a ton of goals already but i'm kind of there's a lot of there's a lot to learn and I, I feel really happy that there is a lot to learn because sometimes um, it's it's not always easy knowing where to go with your artistic direction. Yeah. But um, I'm happy that I at least have like a, things I want to work on. Totally. And things to practice. I hate that feeling of not knowing what to practice. You just sit down and you're just like, man, what do I do? You know, like, mm-hmm. and then now it's like, oh, what don't I have to do? I have yeah. so much to do. You, you got to challenge yourself or else you just kind of fall into routines. Too. Well, I, I don't, you know... Uh, there's times in my life, there's everyone, where we just do the same things over For and sure. over again, and um, you never get any better, and I want to just consistently get better. 
Yeah. I never want to stop getting better. Yeah. Yeah. It's the right mindset to have. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like my goal for this year was to like get better at blast beating. <laughs> so I just would like, nice. and it's like, it's funny cause it's like, as far as like technicality, I guess it's, it's, it's kind of technical, like as far as chops, but like not really, it's literally just, you're slamming your, your limbs down, right? It's like, like speed. Finding the balance of the drums and stuff, but it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been great. Do you play in standard tuning? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Standard tuning is great in certain keys for what I do because it's a lot of um, to to be able to do parts independently, uh, relying on hammer-ons and pull-offs, uh, rely on open strings. Sure. So you know, um, diatonically, in standard tuning, you have like E, A, D, and then the relative minors of all those. Yeah. So those are really great keys to write songs in. If I wrote a song in B flat, um, doing it what I do on standard tuning wouldn't be as easy, but it's also nice like retuning your guitar because then you have things that wouldn't be as available if you weren't to, and things are more linear. So uh, I'm getting into guitar geek land, but um, if you retune, like let's say the D string, the D string's the same, but then you retune the G and the B, which are the ones following it. If you tune that to a major triad, your life becomes a lot easier. Especially oh, sure. If like you're playing like open triads. tunings. Yeah. Right. Open tunings. Um, so it's it's I, I definitely shoot for in the lower register I shoot for fourths and fifths and in the higher register I shoot for thirds sevenths and ninths, and then what that just makes my life easier because I'm gonna hit those notes anyways. Yeah. So why not just make them open notes? Sure. And I can with my other hand do more more stuff. Yeah. You know? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a million ways to do it. Did you ever experiment with tunings that like you've never seen anyone do before? Yeah, totally. Um, there's tons, tons of them. Uh, there's actually a new standard tuning, which was pioneered by Robert Fripp, I believe, uh, the guitarist of King Crimson. Okay. And it's it's like fifths, and then there's a minor third or something on top, and it sounds freaky. It's so weird. Um, I did I did look or poke around in that. I'm sure there's people. There's definitely people that play in it, especially yeah. Robert Fripp. I does not not a doubt, but um, uh, I I just try to always. Like, it's hard to put the cart before the horse sometimes where it's like, I'm going to write a song around this tuning. It's yeah. more like I need to write this song around this tuning. Sure. Or, uh, sorry, it, it's like um, this This song needs this, this tuning. This song needs to exist. And yeah. How, what's the way to this make it This song exists, but the way, way it's going to exist is tuning. But okay. not so much, here's this tuning, not this song. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Right on. All right. Last, this is my last question for a bit. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you've had on this tour? Getting sleep. Yes, sleep, <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, sleeping. It's yeah. not honestly like I think. I think Marco scheduled it well enough to where, for the most part, we have enough time to sleep. That's but, good. You know, there are always unexpected challenges and in, in certain places and. Fighting a cold. Oh, fighting a cold. Yeah, that's no fun. Hope you feel better. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been relatively challenge free. Um, I think. Next time, there are things that I would improve upon. But as far as our first outing to the East Coast, I would say... Um, Success. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not going to speak on the both of you. But oh, uh, we have, yeah, we're, yeah. Some, we're with a third person, Julian. He's downstairs he's editing great. videos. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, it, I think it's going pretty well. And, Good. Um, I'm pretty happy that we got through most of it incident-free. Um, there's been no major roadblocks. Um, everything's been going very smoothly. Most everything that we've incurred um, or encountered is been pretty like normal tour stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's mostly just driving 
right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's like a good 75, 80% of it. Driving, yeah. Yeah. It's loading nice. in. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad we have Julian too because he's doing all the driving and uh, oh, that cool. makes my life a lot easier. Doing 100% of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his awesome. van. Oh, it's his tall, van. It's, tall man, small van. Yeah, we're gonna That's plug. His... We're gonna plug tall man, small van. Uh, he's a DIY tour Uber, and oh, so it's cool. his new business. And he he he's got a new van, um, totally owned up, and he takes van uh, bands around, and he not only takes you around, gets you to to and from the location, you know, does your merch, uh, does v- pictures, uh, pretty much like the perfect person to take on tour. That's so cool. Very cool. That's great. Sounds like a fun job. Yeah. I think he likes it a lot. He's very excited because he's booked up pretty much the rest of the year. Cool. So <laughs> yeah. he's like going to be touring all year, basically. Right on. Yeah. What, where's your last show? What city? Uh, what Toronto's the last. Oh, oh the last one. Of oh. tour. Uh, yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited to go to Canada. Yeah. I'm very pumped. And like, I just checked the event and it's like 350 interested are going. That's sick. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Toronto has a good <laughs> scene. Yeah, we played, Invalids play there with Floral. Probably like three years ago, but it was a good 150. And Golfer played too. Yeah, Golfer. Yeah, probably yeah, 150. I, I think Golfer is so slept on. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, they're they're fun too. I think if they keep doing what they're doing though, then eventually people will be like, oh, this is the band I should check out. And then like you discover their old catalog. It's kind of what happened with like Dance Guy and Dance. Like they slowly got bigger and bigger, but then they just like blew the fuck up. And then everyone kind of went back to their old catalog. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, no, for sure. I think it's hard to get out there sometimes. You just need the right record. You know, yeah. I think there is like there is definitely like right records when they should come out. You know, it's not something that you can influence. It's just you have to be authentic and you know pray that this is the right time for it. But yeah. also, part of, the part of it is not, and just whatever happens, happens. Yeah, that's kind of what's well, cool important is that you keep on trucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've realized like... that too, and that's why I've tried to make our tours as comfortable as possible because I don't want us to burn out. Yeah, doing this. Yeah. Well, your reception, at least at the two shows I went to, like people were so happy that you came to the East Coast. And that's that's so nice. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to come because, you know, I wanted to make people happy and I wanted everyone to have a great time. And I wanted, you know, it's great. It's been absolutely awesome. Yeah. 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 I think as long as you keep doing things, it's going to keep better. Cool. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, the audience loved it. <laughs> oh man, they loved they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, so much. Totally. <laughs>